0: my mom passed away, my dad had grown up in church and let me know that he would like to start attending. You know, I had nowhere to turn, no one to let me know how to process grief or what to do when your mom passes away. And so church was something that I felt I was ready to try. I'm 29 years old and I'd never been to church. You know, I can't say that there was one thing that influenced me to get baptized. It started with the sermons. I always left feeling better than I came in after listening to Max and Travis speak. And after a few weeks of attending Oak Hills, I decided to join a small group. There, I met some amazing people who really inspired me. They had an optimistic view about life and just the way that they persevered in their struggles was very inspiring to me. Having the vast knowledge of what it was like to face the hardest obstacles in my life in the absence of God, it was hard to deny the difference it made in the presence of God. So I just wanted to say that I am doing this on the anniversary of my mom's death. And when I think about having this journey without Oak Hills Church and God in my life, I can't imagine it. And I just want to say all of you, in the
1: community at Oak Hills, thank you so much. We baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. grateful for the way that God is moving in Aaron's life, the way that God is moving through this church. You know, we're we're kind of like that sailboat that just hoists the sail and just wait for the wind. And the Holy Spirit is moving through this church, and I'm so grateful for that. You know, any time is a good time to make the decision that Aaron made. But I do want you to know that next week now I'm excited about our message today, but I'm excited about next week too, because next week we're going to have an opportunity for everyone to, to make the decision that, that Aaron made, to make the decision to say yes to Jesus and to say yes publicly in baptism. And so we'll be teaching a little bit more about baptism and then you, in the service you'll have an opportunity. I, I pray that if you've never said yes to Jesus or if you've never made your yes public, then you'll consider that for next week. In fact, why don't you just right now, you can just call up your family, your friends, just say, hey, next week I'm making plans. So you need to make plans to be here with me. Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, did didn't you see the way, I mean, she talked about, Aaron talked about the small group coming around her and, and having that biblical community around her and having, wasn't, I mean, that was just so cool to, to see that. That is how we walk together. That's how we guide all people to follow Jesus moment by moment. And so you're gonna have an opportunity to do that. This past week we had some, classes around baptism and a little girl came and someone asked the little girl, why do you want to be baptized? She said, because I'm following Jesus. So I hope you'll be praying about that. I can't wait to see what the Spirit will do next week. In fact, we're going to pray about that right now and then we'll get into our message. Well, Father, we are grateful for the move of your Spirit. You've given us your one and only son to die on that cross for our sins, to show us how to live so that we could live as he lived so that we could become more like him. And not only that, but you gave us your Holy Spirit to fill us and to overflow through us. What a blessing. And Father, right now in this moment, we're all coming in anticipation because we want to hear from you. And and so I'm just praying that you will bless the preaching of your word that you will bless the hearing of your word, that you will bless the doing of your word to advance your kingdom and to your glory, Father. We want to see Jesus and only Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all those who agreed said, Amen. amen. Well, I'm sure glad that you're here. We are continuing our series. We're calling follow me. It was some 2000 years ago when Jesus extended this invitation to some what you might say were some pretty ordinary people. Those ordinary people did some pretty extraordinary things. In fact, of course it was was a, a, a movement that was sparked by the power of the Holy Spirit, but also by the way that these earliest followers who received this invitation and said yes to Jesus, it was the way that they lived. And not only that, but the way that they died in, in such an extraordinary way that, that ignited a movement of the spread of the gospel all the way to us today. I mean, if you think about that, just think about that for a second. What we're talking about here in 2020, it's, it's fascinating. It, it, it's amazing, really. I mean, even as Jesus was walking the earth, Jewish leaders around him discredited him, tried to. Tried to discredit the followers. They, they didn't stop there. They even plotted to kill him. And they did, thinking that the movement would die with him. But it didn't. Even after Jesus had a, uh, risen from the dead and ascended to the right hand of the Father, Rome persecutes the Christians. Destroys the temple. Great persecution. They burn them. They crucify them feed them to the lions for sport, thinking that surely the movement will die with them. But it didn't. In fact, if you fast forward to the fourth century, Christianity is slowly becoming the official, get this, the official religion of the very empire that sought to destroy it. How in the world is that possible? Well, Jesus gave us a little bit of a clue when he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus said, the enemy can't touch it. Governments can't stop it. Not even death can defeat it. Jesus said, not even death can defeat the church. And you know what? He was right. He was right, and this moment right here, this gathering right here, right now, is living proof. The way that we live our lives is living proof. You see, because God is on mission. He's always been on mission, but when sin entered the world, God went on a rescue mission to take back what was taken from his perfect Creation as it was originally intended. And you know what? He's never stopped. You know, sometimes we take a break. I like to take a break. You guys like to take a break? Take a vacation? I mean, put on the do not disturb. I mean, the out of office reply. Not God. God doesn't do that. He's never stopped working. He does not sleep. He does not slumber. He is always moving. God is on the move. But here's what we want to say today. God's mission is our mission. Now, how do we know that? Well, we know, if we know anything really about God. We see it through the lens of Jesus. Jesus said, if you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. If you want to know the Father, you only need to know me. Jesus was the perfect, the truest expression of God for us to see. And so Jesus, when he was calling these earliest followers, when he was given that invitation to them, here's what he said. Follow me and I will make you rich. (laughs) Why are you laughing? That's not what it said, was it? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, follow me and I will make you powerful. Well, not in the way that the world thinks about power follow me and I will make you prestigious no he didn't he didn't say that either did he I mean we're all a lot smarter than that I mean those things it's so pagan we know can't outsmart us on that one how about something a little more spiritual follow me and I will make you a biblical scholar there's nothing wrong with being a biblical scholar absolutely not But that's not what it said in Matthew 4. Uh, Follow me and I will make you a good person. No, that's not what it said. Follow me and I will make you better than most. (laughs) Yes, no. (laughs) That's not what it said. So come on, Jesus, what is it? I mean, if we follow you, what is it going to mean? What is it going to look like, okay? He extends the invitation. But what's going to happen, Jesus? What are you going to make us if we follow you? And Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Fishers of men. I want you to notice that in this invitation that Jesus extends to them and is extending to us, he says, I will make you fishers of men. You see, it did not begin as a commandment. Jesus didn't say, follow me. Now, go be a a, a fisher of men. I mean, let's be honest. They, They weren't ready for that. They just received the invitation. You see, it wasn't originally a commandment. What we see here is a promise. Do you see the promise? Follow me, and here's the promise. I will make you. Don't miss that. I will make you. Another version says, I will make you become. You see, Jesus knew that they would become more than what they were at the time. He could see what they were going to become. I will make you become fishers of men. Before it was a commandment, it was a promise to them. And Jesus would spend the rest of his life on earth fulfilling that promise to them. These disciples who would say yes to his invitation would become disciples. Remember we talked about disciples, learners, students, people who follow someone, do what they do so they can become more like them. They became disciples and then they made disciples. They made disciples that made disciples that made disciples for generations to come. He fulfilled his promise to them that he would make them become fishers of men. Now, I want us to look, we're going to go to the end of this gospel. That was Matthew 4. Let's go to Matthew 28, which you guys are going to be reading on the 28th of this month. Oh, you laugh. Okay, how many of you, and for those of you who are new here today, we've got this thing we call the Matthew Challenge. It's you read a chapter a day. You guys knew I was going to get this in there somewhere, but on the 28th of this month, you're going to read the 28th chapter of Matthew. How many of you are reading in your Matthew challenge right now? Come on. Don't lie in church. Okay. That's not bad. Could be better. Not bad. Okay. Matthew 28. Here's what he says. Then Jesus came to them and said, now let's just stop right here real quick. Uh, Let's keep in mind. This is Matthew 28. Then Jesus. This is Jesus who predicted his own death, burial, and resurrection, and pulled it off, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Okay. All authority has been given to him. So, you know, basically he's, he's the one that, that predicted his own, own death and resurrection and then, and then pulled it off. And these people that are surrounding him right now, they're going, Okay, yeah, we get it. You got, you got all authority. Okay, and so then he says, therefore. And by the way, you guys know that anytime there's a therefore in Scripture, you've got to figure out what it's there for. <laughs> you guys like that. <laughs> okay, therefore. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Hmm. Jesus is surrounded by the people who believe in him. These are, he's surrounded by the people who say, you know what? We've heard you. We've heard your teachings. We have seen what you can do. We believe in you and we are willing to be obedient to you. Jesus, whatever you say, that's what we're going to do. And so they're hanging on every word. And he says, I have all authority. And they go, yep, we know. And then he says, therefore, go. Go and make disciples. Baptizing them. Teaching them. Now, I want you to notice what he does not say right here. He does not say, I have all authority. Therefore, go. As long as you feel like it. He doesn't say, therefore, I've got an idea you might consider. It is not optional. It is not negotiable. He says, therefore, I have all authority, therefore, go. See, this is a call for all believers. Here's here's our first point. If you're filling in the blanks, you might want to fill this out. Living on mission with God is a universal call for all believers. If you follow Jesus, if you say yes to following Jesus, then Jesus is going to make you become a fisher of men. It, it, it's, just, it's just a given. It's just, if you're following Jesus, it's just what you do. To say it another way, if you are not becoming a fisher of men, then are you truly following Jesus? If, if you're not a disciple who's, who's making disciples, are you, are you really following him? Now, I can't imagine how inadequate, okay, I can't imagine how inadequate they must have felt. They get this invitation, you're gonna become a fisherman, they must have felt so inadequate. I get that, and maybe you do too. But you see, this is not our work. The, it, it, Jesus is saying, hey, I will make you able, Okay, you just need to be available. You just need to make yourself available. It's the Spirit's work through us. Jesus says, you're gonna go, but you're not gonna go alone, and you're not gonna go without power. Look at this second beautiful promise in Acts chapter one. He says, but you will receive, and this is Jesus, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Can you imagine to the the ends of the earth? These two beautiful promises. I mean, Jesus must have been blowing their mind at this point. But they've seen some extraordinary things. He says, "I I will make you become a fisher of men. And when you go, you will not go alone. You will go with power, okay? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. This will not be your work. This will be my work, my Spirit flowing through you. The, the Apostle Paul, he, he picks up on this as he writes about this later. And I want you to notice how he assumes these two promises as he writes. And all of this, the salvation that we have received from God, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. That's good news. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through, what's it say? Us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. We speak for Christ. What a privilege, what an honor to speak for Christ. He's the king of kings. And we speak for him when we plead, come back to God. Did you notice how many times the apostle Paul used the word us and how many times he used the word we? You see, when it comes to living on mission is a universal call for all believers. But not only that, fill in the blanks. Number two, it is a unique call for each believer. Now, if If I were to um, have us all hold up our hands right now, I mean, for the most part, they would look pretty similar, okay? I mean, four fingers, a thumb, you know, for the most part. But if you were to look closer, well, if you were to look really, really close, you would see that there's actually a print on our fingertips. A print that is as unique as you are. Now, here's what I want to say. I think maybe God gave us that level of uniqueness to remind us how we are uniquely gifted by his spirit. Okay, look at this. This time it's the Apostle Peter. He's talking about these gifts. He says, what's, what's that say right there? Each, each, each of you, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. There it is again. If anyone serves, well, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. I mentioned to you before that uh, Alicia and I, we're, we're kind of in that season of, of launching our kids to independence. We've got one that's already gone off to college, he's a, he's a freshman this year, and then we've got a junior, and then we've got a freshman, and then we've got a sixth grader this year. And we're just kind of in that season of, of really, you know, being focused on what, what they need for their, their future and to be able to launch them into their future. And so a lot, a lot of times they'll get a question like, um, well, what are your plans? What are you going to do in the future? And uh, the, the other day, someone asked, um, asked one of them, so are you thinking about going into ministry? And they paused. And, and dad kind of leaned in, you know, I want to hear what's, what's about to be said. And what was said was, yes, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be going into ministry. I mean, and then... And then it's not like, you know, necessarily working in a church or being a missionary or something like that. But whatever I do, I want it to be ministry. All right? Dad was giving a hearty amen to that, okay? That, that is my hope and that is my dream for all of our students, that they would say, whatever I do... It's gonna be ministry. It reminds me a lot of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, where it says, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do everything for God's glory. Friends, if, if you are a parent, then you parent for God's glory. If you are a teacher, then you teach for God's glory. If you are a student, then be a student for God's glory. If you run a business, you get the picture. You do not need a title of minister or or missionary to live on mission for God. You just do whatever you do for God's glory. Ann has the gift of hospitality. She opens up her home. She opens up her home for biblical community to gather. She's living on mission. Uh, Brian, he has a men's study that he gathers once a week before work starts at his work. George, he, he has the gift of serving, and he's been serving in his church every weekend. I, can, I can't even hardly remember the last weekend uh, that he missed. So faithful. He's living on mission. And then I think about Ted. T- uh, Ted, he could have retired a long time ago, but uh, he's kept his practice going. Asked him why. He said, well, I I want to continue to offer services to people who can't otherwise afford them. Think about Carol. Carol wrote a children's book. Think about Steve. Steve puts a list of prayer requests together so that people can pray over the things that matter to us because we know that they matter to God. I think about Jennifer, who has the gift of teaching, and she gives her 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 students, everything that that she has, giving them more time because she knows that they need emotional support just as much as they need an education. She's living on mission. See, whatever you do, do it for God's glory. Do you know how you're gifted? Have you ever taken a spiritual gifts assessment? Have you, have you, have you ever asked someone within your biblical community, hey, what, what gifts, what giftedness do you see in me? See, this is important because each of you has been given a gift. And so we have to know what those gifts are so that we can know how to use them. We have to know how we can connect your gifts with his purpose, with his mission. How can we connect your gifts with his purpose? But it's, it's not just... Our giftedness, but also how about this? Connect your passion with His purpose. Connect your passion with His purpose. What is it that you love to do? I mean, some of you, you just you're just wired a certain way. God has wired you a certain way, and there's just certain things. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it's a some kind of passion. Something that you just love to do. How can you connect your passion to His purpose? I've mentioned before that uh, one of the things that I love is theater, um, musical theater in particular. And uh, so, uh, a while back I auditioned and uh, got into a show uh, downtown. Had a great time. I mean, I had a blast. But it wasn't the, it wasn't the stage, it wasn't the music, it wasn't the, the flying out over the crowd every night. It was, okay, I'm not going to lie, that part was pretty awesome, <laughs> but it wasn't any of that. It, it was the relationships. It was, the, it was the opportunity to get to be a part of a community that I don't normally get to be a part of. Just to get to be present and to, and to do my best just to love people the way that Jesus loved people. Maybe you have a passion that could lead you to his purpose. Now, there's one more It's not as much fun to talk about, but it is no less true. Connect your gifts, connect your passions, those are fun to talk about. But how about this one? Connect your brokenness with his purpose. Oh, let's talk about that. Connect your brokenness. Some of you have heard, maybe some of you have believed that, that your brokenness, your, your past, your, your pain, your hurts, Maybe even your failures have somehow disqualified you from living on mission with God. Please, please do not believe that lie for one more second. Your brokenness does not disqualify you from living on mission. It is your brokenness that can connect you to it. Your brokenness can connect you with his purpose. Maybe you've walked a difficult path. Maybe you've experienced some things that not just everybody around you experiences. Maybe you've experienced addiction. Maybe you've experienced the the loss of a child. Maybe you've experienced divorce. Could it be, could it be that the, the difficult path that you have walked, there is someone else coming down that same road and they just need someone to walk with them and your brokenness qualifies you for it in their life? Could it be that the the comfort that that they need right now is the same comfort that you received when you were walking that path? How can we connect our brokenness to his purpose? We wanna connect our gifts to his purpose, connect your passion Connect your brokenness. But can I give you just a, a quick word of caution? A word of caution as we think about living on mission for God, with God. It is not our work, it is the work of the Holy Spirit within us. That's what gives us such freedom to walk in it. We do not have to stress, we do not have to strive. He will do his work, but a word of caution, stay rooted in the scriptures. For a person who's living on mission, for a person who is following Jesus, you need to stay rooted in the scripture on a daily basis. Reflecting on that scripture, you need to remain a person who is faithful in prayer. If you're gonna live on mission, if you're gonna follow Jesus, be faithful in prayer. And if you're gonna live on mission, then be surrounded in biblical community. Do not go it alone. We were not meant to live alone. Life was not meant to be lived alone. So surround yourself with a biblical community. Why? Because the mission is too important. Jesus will return. He's kept every promise to this point, and he will keep this one as well. He's coming back, and he will return. And the mission is too important. Friends, there is too much at stake. The people in our spheres of influence, the people in our lives, that we can speak on behalf of God, saying, Come back to God. That is an honor and a sobering privilege that we must not ignore. So, 2,000 years ago, some 2,000 years ago, Jesus extended an invitation to some ordinary people who did some extraordinary things. He said, follow me, and I will make you become a fisher of men. And he did. And he still does. Let's pray. Father, we bow our heads before you, humbling ourselves before you, asking you to work in us. Would you forgive us? Would you forgive us when we have treated your your great commandment and your great commission like a, a great suggestion? Would you forgive us when we've refuse to, to allow you to change us, to become fishermen. Your mission is our mission, and we receive it and we accept it. May your Holy Spirit fill us and work in us and through us. In the name of Jesus, we pray.